The Mutual Recognition Agreement, MRA, has still not been signed between Europe and Switzerland. So, if you are distributing a medical device in Switzerland, you have to appoint a Swiss representative from May 26, 2021. So, Easy Medical Device is offering this service. Contact me per email at swiss at easymedicaldevice.com. Swiss, S-W-I-S-S, at easymedicaldevice.com. And we'll try to help you. Welcome to the Medical Device Made Easy podcast. I am Munir Lazuzi, a medical device expert specialized on quality and regulatory affairs. My mission is to help you learn how to place a compliant medical device on the market. For that, I share with you my experience and the one of others on this podcast. Are you ready for your dose of regulation and standard today? Okay, so let the show begin. Welcome to the Medical Device Made Easy podcast. Here is Munir Alazuzi from easymedicaldevice.com. And today we will talk about biological evaluation. So you know that within the medical devices, uh, there is some uh, risks that we have some infections or risks that uh, people can get um, some, some issues due to the fact that we are touching some products or that the products are also implanted within yourself. So mainly the idea here of today is, uh, is to have a better understanding of biological evaluation. Uh, and for that, I have uh, Ana Luisa uh, Cassindaz, who is helping us here today. Uh, for that, she's a clinical specialist on medical devices. Uh, so welcome, uh, Ana Luisa. Hi, Monir. First of all, I would like to thank you for this invitation. Great. So thank you for that. I'm, I'm sure you will be helping a lot of people today. So really also thank you for you for, for coming. So can you just maybe say a few words of yourself, what you, what you are doing exactly? Uh, and I think you are located in Brazil, is correct? Yes, correct. I currently hold a bachelor degree in biological science, a master degree in biological cellular biology, a PhD in biological science, and an MBA in quality management. I have worked for the past 10 years in quality regulatory and clinical evaluation of various types of medical devices, such okay. as biological heart valve, endoprothesis, inorganic valve conduit, annular rings, as well as a circuit circulation machine, defibrillators, cardioverters, and the patient monitor. In addition to intersomal corneal ring, intraocular lens, and contact lenses. Great. So um, I, I see you have a lot of experience on different devices, which is really great. Uh, and uh, I hope, yeah, this, this will be also helping uh, people that are listening to us today uh, to maybe uh, that you can maybe really uh, help us to find a solution for every product, if I can say, in terms of biological evaluation. But uh, for people that, are, uh, that uh, are maybe listening here and maybe don't know exactly what we are talking about, about biological evaluation, can you maybe say a few words about that, what it is exactly, uh, how, how we can uh, relate to that? Yes. Uh, many people believe that biological evaluation is only test the medical device on animals. Okay. However, this is not true. The biological evaluation is based on the biological risk management of the, of the medical device. Therefore, in order to demonstrate the biological safety of the product, it can be based on the previous data, such as the composition of the raw material and the inputs used in the production, the toxicological assessment of this raw material and the inputs used, 
literature data, post-market surveillance data of the product under evaluation or an equivalent product, results of previous tests, tests carried out with the same medical device or with the same raw material, either these tests are in vitro, in animals, or in human. In short, different sources of information can be used to demonstrate the biological safety of the medical device. So, based on the data that are available, and the nature and the duration of the time that the medical device will have contact with the human tissue, it will be defined which test really need to carry out. And uh, can we say, because a lot of people are, are not mainly using biological evaluation, we are using biocompatibility. So is it something also that, I mean, is it the same, is it the same thing or biocompatibility is inside biological evaluation? So how can you maybe mention that? Yes, biocompatibility is the same of biological evaluation because you are uh, evaluating your product um, regarding the biological safety, so you will demonstrate that it is biocompatibility. So mainly uh, when we are talking about uh, biological evaluation, I suppose that uh, not all products, not all medical devices uh, need to have a biological evaluation. So which one you, you, which one we have to say, okay, this one maybe they need or this one for sure they need. So is there kind of uh, some categories that we can uh, define here? Yes, biological evaluation is needed for all medical devices that have direct or indirect contact with the patient. So, so what, what, what means indirect contact? So is there some kind of thing to say, I touch not the device, but I touch something that will touch the device? Or what, what is indirect contact exactly? Um, sometimes you use a medical device that have um, etiquette that can contact part of the body of the patient, but will not have direct contact all the time that they are using the medical device. So let's say, for example, um, I think I had the case with um, with um, with a, a dialyzer uh, where the blood was touching the device but not touching the patient, and then the blood was entering inside the inside the patient. So is this considered as indirect contact? If I can say, uh, for example, body collection tub that don't have contact with the the patient, they don't need to be biologically evaluated. Okay. Uh, on the other case, if this product has a contact, but it's, um, you have another demonstrated by this material, have characterization, and they have already assessed it, so you don't need to perform biological tests also. Okay, so um, it's 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 really interesting because uh, yeah, as we said, so there are some products that we, we have to make an evaluation for each product one by one, each component maybe, each element that they have to say yes, this is direct contact, this is indirect contact, etc. So we have really to make all this uh, evaluation within the biological evaluation. Is it correct? Yes, uh, you will get all the information for the raw material for the inputs. And you will uh, evaluate the whole product. For you perform the tests of this product, uh, the ISO 10993 
recommends that you should test the final product, not the raw material, because during the, the manufacture process or the puts used that or the process that, for example, the esterization can change the biocompatibility for the final medical device. So it's important to, to evaluate parts of this product and when you evaluating the testing, the biological testings, it's important to use the final medical device or a representative medical device, for example. You I, I can it, get... I, I think it's important what you are saying now because I know that I have a lot of uh, people that contact me and say, uh, oh, uh, I mean, we talk about, uh, the, the, for example, the re regulation, the, the EUMDR regulation. We say, okay, we have to do a bio biocompatibility test and people say to me, oh, no, don't need because the raw material is biocompatible so there is no problem with that. And then we have to explain to them that, yes, it's raw, the raw material by itself is biocompatible, but it can go to a machine, can go with oil, with detergent, with residues with a lot of things that are processing the, 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 the material and then maybe the surface is not anymore the surface that was used at the beginning so there is maybe some irritation that can come out of some some of those substances so I think it's important here to mention that yes a biocompatibility test should be done on the finished product for your process and when you are I suppose when you are changing your process you have really to think again do you need or does this impact will this impact the biocompatibility? Yes, yes, all right. When you change your process or when you change some inputs that was used in your manufacturing process, you need to evaluate the risks. Uh, maybe this exchange don't improve or don't uh, income another risk, but you need to check this and maybe you need to perform another test to evaluate your final product. So um, here, as we said, we talked about products that are in contact, direct contact or indirect contact with the patients. Uh, are we talking also about contact with the user, like a surgeon, like a nurse, like somebody that will be touching the, the device? Yes, uh, usually the, the surgical uses the, the gloves. So you need to check if the, the medical or, or the nurse will have direct contact with this, this medical device. Uh, usually, when you evaluate the biological evaluation of the medical device, the focus is the patient, but depends if it is a uh, uh, contamination like uh, radiation or something like that, you need to check all the person that can have access to this medical device. Okay. No, I think it's important. And here, the idea is also to say um, we uh, we have a patient, we have some devices that we can use uh, that can be implanted within ourselves. So it means that we have a, a long time of contact, so 15 years, for example. Uh, but we have also some devices that we are touching the patient, but maybe less than one minute, less than 30 seconds. So should we also include that in our biological evaluation? Uh, it depends. Some medical devices with limited exposure have very brief contact with the body, for example, lancets or hypodermic needles that are used for less than one minute. It would generally not require to testing the biocompatibility. 
However, if these products are made with materials such as cotton or lubricants that can left in contact with the body after the removal of this medical device, it is possible that a more detailed biocompatibility will be required. Uh, and it also is important to check if our cumulative use. So if you use this medical device in cumulative way, you need to check if these uh, residuals or if the biocompatibility will be uh, the same. No, it's clear because um, I know that, for example, on the, on the, when, you are, when you have to classify a medical device, uh, we are saying mainly um, less than uh, 60 minutes, it's uh, transient use, less than uh, 30 days, it is uh, mid-term use or short-term use, and more than 30 days, it, it is uh, long-term use. Uh, here, we have also the same rule, it's cumulative. So it means that if you are using a device for maybe 59 minutes, and then you are replacing that with exactly the same device, 59 minutes again, it's not anymore transient use, it is short-term use. So it's why we have to use the same rule, it's cumulative, because at the end, as you mentioned, uh, cumulatively, you are including, you are touch, you have continuously you are touching, if I can say, the, the equipment. So it's not like you are touching that just 59 minutes, you are touching that more than 59 minutes. So it's, it's why, why is it, it is important. So I think it's, it's important here that, okay, so is there any requirement then, I don't know, for example, on a leaflet, on instruction for us to say, this device should be used less than one minute, for example, for, for being sure that people are respecting this, or it's just the fact that we are using that and we know that this will not be used less than one minute or more than one minute. Yes, it's recommended that the instruction for use advice and warning the, the user and regard the time that the medical device can be used. For example, if the medical device can have a contact with the patient during 30 days and after that you don't... Uh, could continue to use this product. So, in the instruction for use of this medical device, should have one warning regarding this, and these and the others communications may be necessary. Depends of your risk management. Again, when you check in the risk of the product, you you will saw what activities need to be done to mitigate the risks related to the biocompatibility or the safety of the, your product. Yeah, and I think it's also a good point. So risk management is really key for a lot of activities. So here we talk about biological evaluation, but for clinical evaluation report, for post-marketing surveillance, for a lot of things, for manufacturing. So this risk management file is really key for a lot of activities that you are doing within uh, your medical devices. And here we can see that for biological evaluation, it is important. It's sure that we can say on the risk, uh, risk management file or the risk evaluation to say, uh, yes, there is a risk of infection. Why? Because there is this uh, this um, this potential uh, substance or this potential material we are using uh, because we have to clean it or disinfect it, etc. And we can talk also about biocompatibility. And here we can mitigate this risk and say we have made a biological evaluation and this is not this is biocompatible. And here is the report, etc. So we see the risk, we see the potential uh, action of the patient, and then we see uh, what we have made to to mitigate the risk. So it's really important. Um, are we also talking on biological evaluation about CMR, so carcinogenicity, mutagenicity, etc.? So, are those CMR also evaluated or checked when we are doing this biological evaluation? 
Yes, of course. Substances that are carcinogenic, mutagenic, or toxic to the reproduction, or with disruptive properties of the endocrine system, are evaluated in the biological evaluation. Yes. So, um, is this something that um, th th this is something that is checked in terms of we make an evaluation uh, specifically of uh, some substance and say this is carcinogen, this is mutagen or whatever, or we know that already at the beginning because we know that it is on the list and then at the end we say, okay, we know that it is, but should we test that or should we just say, okay, the list says that any substance that contains that is, is CMR and we just mentioned that. So what is the first thing that we have to do here? Uh, the carcinogenic substances, we know we have a list, but when you perform the characterization tests, you can, uh, your product can have another substances. So uh, in the report of these characterization tests, we list all the type of the substance that have in your product. And after that, we'll done the toxicological assessment of these results. So each substance will be checked if they are toxic or not, if they are mutagenic, carcinogenic, and uh, make sure if they are CMR or even if you need to perform a toxicological in vitro or in vivo tests or maybe a carcinogenic tests will depend of uh, the results of your characterization tests. So, um, it is very important to perform a toxicological evaluation of your results because only the characterization test report will not show you what is your uh, biological safety, what is your risks in your product. So now, now that we are, you have really a clear understanding of which product, uh, what it is exactly. So, how how should I execute that? So mainly, um, should I just contact a laboratory and tell them, here is my product, can you check biocompatibility, or should I create a protocol explaining exactly what they have to do? Or I mean, is there a specific pathway that you would recommend to to people to say first step do that, second step do that, etc., cetera, etc.? Cetera? Okay, the first step is to write the biological evaluation plan. So in this plan, you will collect all the information regarding your product, like the, as, uh, the raw material characterization, the raw material toxicological evaluation data that you have read, the tests that are performed in other equivalent medical devices, the literature of this raw material, um, the data that is get for the tests performed in previous medical device that was made with the raw material also. After that, you will evaluate the risks that is related to your product. So uh, your product have contact with which part of the body? How long is this contact? And after that, you will see what biological risks your product can, can cause. And after that, you will uh, check which um, tests you really to perform. Basi based on this, you will start with the uh, characterization evaluation. So if you don't have enough information for previous data, you will start with the characterization, um, chemical characterization test. 
After that, you will evaluate this result in a toxicological way. And after that, you will start the biological testing. And in this moment, you will contact the labs to perform these tests, knowing that you will use the final product or a representative product that passes all the steps, all the process in your manufacture, including sterilization, including the cleaning, and is representative for your product. So uh, it's also important then to have... Um if I can say, a manufacturing dossier for this product to say, here are all the steps where this product went. So we have a recording of the fact that it has went through manufacturing, then through sterilization, then through packaging, then through uh, cleaning, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, so that we know exactly what I'll set in case there is a, a question about how can we be sure that this device with this lot number uh, ha is the one that uh, which which was uh, tested in, ter in terms of biocompatibility uh, is really the one that that was, uh, that was manufactured there. So um, when we say we have to contact a laboratory, so is there a, every laboratory can do that or we have some specific laboratories that can do this kind of test? No, not even laboratory perform these tests. You need to check if this lab have uh, uh, ISO 170 to five standard certification, or maybe the quality uh, certification for performing. And also you need to evaluate what types of uh, tests you need to perform, because uh, sometimes these labs don't inform you. And this is part of the biological evaluation plan to establish what tests we need to perform and what the methods, methodology of these tests will be done. So you need to inform all of these to the lab to the, the perform the correct test. So um, then uh, is, there, is there a thing like to say, I am deciding you are, I mean, the lab is not deciding, it's me who is deciding mainly what kind of test and I should look at this uh, ISO standards, so the 10993-1, uh, which says there is a table saying for this kind of product with this kind of contact, here is the test that should be done. So is it the way that mainly everybody should be doing, going to this ISO and then checking that and then placing that on, the, uh, on their biological evaluation plan? The ISO uh, table, table uh, describe the test that it will be done in any types of medical device. You need to check in your medical device what tests will be, will be necessary. Because uh, when you perform, the, when you check the characterization of your product, the chemical characterization, you will saw if your product is toxic, will have a carcinogenic substance or not, and after that, you will perform some of these tests or maybe justify, do not perform something, some of these tests because your product don't, don't cause, don't have a toxic, um, so don't, don't use a toxic medical device. So is there, do you, do, do you think there is, there are also some cases where, um, we, we tested that, there is some biocompatibility test, everything is fine. And after when the product goes on the market, 
then we see some infection, we see something and we say, oh, what's happening here? There, there is some of those cases. So how a manufacturer should act when we have these kind of cases? Well, uh, this can help, this can, this can occur, but when you perform the evaluation, biological evaluation plan and the evaluation of your, your medical device uh, in the correct way, and after that, write the biologic evaluation report. Difficultly, you will see in the postmarked this, this type of occurrence. Of course, maybe your product can, can cause some types of adverse events, or maybe um, different biological response for one or two individuals. But um, maybe you will check again if it's happy, you will uh, reevaluate your biological evaluation plan to check if you really perform the correct evaluation of your product. In this case, the postmarket surveillance is very important to get this information and to update the risk management of this product. So, um Another question, maybe uh, if tomorrow, because it happens a lot of time, if tomorrow uh, my uh, supplier of raw material says to me, oh, uh, we'll discontinue this material, but here is an, uh, the, the one that will be replaced. Uh, so can I just um, look at the characteristic of this material, say, oh, it's, it looks really similar, it's exactly the same, and uh, I can use that for my product? Or is it mandatory uh, when you have a change of material, even if it's the same specifications, uh, to perform a biological evaluation again? When you change your raw material, you need to reevaluate your biological um, your biological evaluation. Maybe you don't need to perform another biological testing, but it will depend what was the alteration, what is the impact, what is the, the substances. So you need to uh, evaluate again the whole risk management uh, related to the biological safety to define what you will need to perform. So it's mainly a justification to say, I don't need to do that because everything is fine, or I need to do something because I have some differences there in terms of material. Yeah, in, in the most of cases, you will need to perform another evaluation. Will depends of the, the type of material, will depends of your medical device, but in the most of cases, you will need to, to perform another biological test, for example. Okay. I think it's, it's important because, uh, yeah, as we said, so uh, this is not just, uh, um, uh, if I can say, an administrative things to do for your uh, technical file, just to say, okay, let's do that because we have to do it. Uh, and then, oh, we have a change in our material, but it's exactly the same. Let's, let's, we don't need to pay again for that. Uh, so it can be, it can be some, some, something that, that can, manufacturers can think, say, oh, it's just an administrative thing. The raw material is okay, everything is okay, etc. So we should not consider that. But when you will have an audit with a notified body, with a, an auditor, they will ask you all those questions. Why um, there was a change of raw material? Why you have not made a new evalu biological evaluation? Why you have not made a new, a new test, etc. And there you can have a lot of, of problems because as there can be some infection or some issues on the market, notified body can ask you to recall or stop your uh, the delivery of your product. So it's really, really important here. Uh, just the last point. So we talked about laboratories that can do those tests. So how long we can expect to wait for this kind of biological evaluation? Uh, 
Um, it's, it will depend because when you write the biological evaluation plan, you check what the biological tests we will need for your product. Let's, let's think that you, you don't have enough information regarding the chemical characterization of your product. So you will start with the chemical characterization tests that you should take about two months. Okay. But it's important that the ISO 10993 series make clear the importance of the risk management, the testing planning, and you need to perform all the in vitro tests before starting in vivo tests. It oh, okay. is also very uh, it was also pointed out in the part 33 of this standard that was published this year and it proved a lot of information about the pre-test consideration and the in vitro tests that can be used to assess irritation, for example, before any in vivo tests. So um, you, ju you just mentioned also the new version of the 10993-1. Uh, so um, as we have this new version, so uh, do all the manufacturers that already perform their biological uh, evaluation uh, use this new one um, for redoing again that, or it's only new products that need to follow this new version of the 10993? Yeah, if you have already performed your biological evaluation, you need to check all the updated of version of uh, standards related when it is published to perform a gap analysis. And when you check the gap analysis, you saw if you need to perform another test, if you need to justify, if you need to update your technical file. So it depends uh, what was published and, of course, what you will put in your gap analysis. Okay, so uh, I think uh, yeah, each time there is a new, a new, a new standards. Anyway, you have to do this kind of evaluation just to say uh, should you redo something because um, uh, is there is there is there any frequency for redoing the biological evaluation? Or it's you have done it once, and as long as your product is exactly the same, you don't need to do it again. So you need to perform. Uh again, biological evaluation, when you have any exchange of your raw material, any exchange in inputs or process in your manufacturer, when you exchange the packaging material, or when you exchange um, some parts of your product, when you exchange the timing of this product, uh, have contact with the patients, so, in different way, you can reevaluation, and of course, when you have uh, customer complaints or when your post-market surveillance uh, point out something that can be caused by your biological uh, that your product is not safety in the biological way, you need to reevaluate this. Okay. No, I think it's really it's really great because I, I think we covered a, a lot of the points that we, we wanted to discuss today about biological evaluation. Uh, I hope this is really helpful for, for people that are listening here. Uh, now, just, just maybe for, for people, uh, how can you, uh, are you able to help organizations that maybe need support related to that? So can they contact you and so that you can get, get they can get some help from you? 
Yes, uh, I work with companies regarding this and many other process of quality and regulatory affairs. And they can get in contact with me through the LinkedIn or through the link in this video description. Okay, so uh, I think the best way maybe to contact you is uh, on LinkedIn for people to 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 share to connect with you. So I will put uh, that on the on the on the profile. Uh, and uh, yeah, if uh, if anybody has any question about biological evaluation or needs some support uh, from Anna Luisa for for doing that, so maybe you can directly contact her and and have that. So uh, Anna Luisa, anything else to maybe say to the audience in terms of biological evaluation, or we covered really uh, all the all the aspects. Yeah, Moni, I think that we talk about the main points. Uh, of course, biological evaluation is very um, complex to, to talk about. But uh, when any, uh, the manufacturer of each medical device know what is your product risks, will be a easy way to evaluation what your biocompatibility and what will what tests we need to perform. Great. Yeah, I think, uh, I hope here, yeah, we open the door, if I can say, for more knowledge in terms of biological evaluation to maybe the question that people are asking or people thinking, having some assumptions in terms of biological evaluation. And I hope we covered uh, some of the aspects that they think uh, they were able to do, but they were they are not really able to do there. Okay, so really thank you, Anna Luisa. So uh, related to, uh, to this, uh, this episode, really thank you for your support and I wish you a nice day. Oh, thank you, Moni. And bye to everyone. Thank you, bye. Thanks for listening. So if you like this episode, please provide a review on the platform where you are listening to it. And also don't forget to share it with your colleagues. Thank you very much.